Do you remember what it was like before you were saved? I mean, I mean to, to work and, and be in this world and not really get a, a grasp on things. And I think some people have been saved so long that we've lost concept of what it's like to be in the world and, and to not know that peace in your heart, not knowing where you'd go and not knowing that the Bible is the source of all answers and you know right and wrong because the Bible tells us right and wrong. And we've got the Spirit of God living inside of us that the kids did two incredible songs this morning singing about the Spirit of God lives inside of us. And, and I think we're saved for so long that we almost forget what it's like to be lost. To, to not have a grip on life and to be people that have addictions all the way from struggling with pills to being outright alcoholics. And, and they don't know how to break free from those things. But you know, for us, man, we're, we're saved. We, we, we're past that. Man, we're standing over here and we're so thankful for where God's put us. But let me tell you, as thankful as we are for where we're at, God never forgets about those that are not there yet. He never, it's never about the fact that God says, well, I'm, I'm glad with the, you know, these kids that are singing and this choir that is singing and these people that are here. God still has his focus and attention in the fact that there's more out there that don't know him. It's not just that they're out there. It's the fact that they're caught up in things. And, you know, Mike, Mike would attest to you and say, hey, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know how to lead my kids. I didn't know how to fix my relationship. I didn't, I didn't know how to run my business. I didn't know all these things. I was stuck. I was miserable. I was lost. There's a reason that we call it lost. God says, actually, Donnie, let me borrow you for a minute. God takes Jonah. I like, I like picking on Donnie. First of all, you got a sweet haircut. Same haircut. That's right. Same. Jim. We use the same hair uh, products and hairspray. God, God takes Jonah. And I'm going I'm to tell you something. This is, this is the focus to today. This is why this is driving me. When we think of the book of Jonah, do you know what we think about? Jonah. Do you guys know the book of Jonah wasn't even really about Jonah? There was 600, estimated 600,000 people in the book of Jonah. 600,000 people lost, stuck, bound by sin, bound by addictions, Bound by the world, bound by all these things. 600,000. You know when we talk about Jonah? Jonah got swallowed by a whale. Jonah ran from God. Jonah, Jonah went to Tarshish. Jonah, all these things. And God says, man, I, I hope they're not reading the book of Jonah and missing the whole point of the book of Jonah. Because God sits there on that shoreline and says, Jonah, here's the thing. I love you, buddy. I, I, man, I've, I've created you. You've got talents. You've got abilities. But here's the thing. Let, let me show you something. There's a nation called Nineveh. There's 600,000 of them out there. I'm going to tell you something. You know me, but they do not. And a lot of times we think of Nineveh, that wicked city that God wanted to smash. No, you realize God wanted to save them, not smash them. You guys get that? It was, it was about the redemption that God wanted them to know him, not, ex, not, not destroy them. And so God says, you know what? I need you. I, I love you. I've got a job for you. I've got a mission for you. 
Jonah, I want you to go to them. And you know what? We, we think of Nineveh. We think, ah, Nineveh, the wicked city that needed to be reached. And God says, let me, let me make it more clear than that. I says, in, in Nineveh, there's a dad. He struggles with his, his marriage. Like, you wouldn't believe, Jonah. I love him. I know what he's going through. Let me tell you, there's a teenager. There's a teenager that's going to be in Nineveh that you don't even realize is there. But I tell you, that, that, that young man actually is cutting himself at night because he doesn't know how to get relief of his pain. I can tell you about a college student that lives in Nineveh. That girl has been through so many relationships because she just wants to be accepted, Jonah. That's all she wants. She doesn't know. They don't know how to fix this. I can, I can point out a lady, and that lady lost her spouse five years ago. She goes to bed every night crying because she, she's, she's miserable. And then you say, well, the, the peace of God. They don't know, Jonah, they don't know the peace of God. So, Jonah, this is, this is what I want you to do. I, I know it's a wicked nation. I know they've got their problems, and I know they're messed up. But let me tell you, you've got me, and I want them to have me as well. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you to them, and I want you to tell them about me because they need to be changed the way that you were changed. So Jonah said, yes, sir, Lord, here I go. And he ran to Tarshish. <laughs> he can be seen. <laughs> You, you say, what's your point of this? Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Let's, let's do a little recap here. I, I think maybe instead of the book of Jonah, this could have been called the book of Nineveh. Or it could have been the book of hurting people. It's not just a book about a whale. It's not just a book about somebody that ran the other way. It's not just about those things. Now to the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying... Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, that huge group of people, the people that are, are, are messed up and cry against it, speak out against it, preach to them, love them, teach them, go to them. For their wickedness has come up upon me. God was saying, I, I, know, I know what's going on. I, if God was to talk to us, if God was to talk to Donnie and I right now, it would be in Romans 10, verse 14. It's the same thing. It's in the New Testament, but it's the same parallel. This is what God says, Romans 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him of whom they've not believed? How is Nineveh going to call on God? How is America going to call on God? How is Columbus going to call on God of whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? You say, well, they need Jesus. Well, they're sitting around. They know they need something, but they don't know what they need. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a Jonah? How shall they hear without a Tony? How shall they hear without you? The second part of the next verse is, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things to them. When God looks at the nation of Nineveh, or us today, he sees struggling people that are in need of him. He got called out Jonah and said, you're my messenger. It was more than that. He was saying, Jonah, you were created to please me as you God. You'll never be happy or doing anything else. He wasn't happy running from God. He wasn't happy being on the boat. He wasn't happy, especially when he got thrown off the boat. None of those things made him happy whatsoever. 
But see, the thing is, God knows in the people of Nineveh and God knows in the people of Columbus. God says, you know what? I see that hurt. And God is stirred up in his heart saying, I am the answer to that hurt. I am the answer to their emptiness. And that widow and that teenager and that college student and that mom and dad, God said, I am the answer. And you are the vessel to carry the truth there. That's what Jonah was all about. This is the story of Jonah. All of these things, everything that we talked about. Now you remember, he, he was afraid. He ran the other way. Why do we run from those that need us? I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I'm going to hit home with this at the end, so you just brace for this. Why do we feel it's important for Christians to run from wickedness? Well, we should, we're, not, we're not to be wicked, Pastor Tony. That's kind of obvious. Yes, you're right. Did you notice every time there was a wicked nation, God sent the messenger to the wicked nation? Have you ever noticed? It's like, America's in a mess. America, God, do you see what they're doing now? Now there's bathroom issues, Lord, and there's all these other things going on. And God says, get out of there. Run the other way. Run to the hills. Okay, God. Gets... Do you ever find that in Scripture at all? You want to know the most attitude of most Christians, though? When things start going rough, I'm moving to Canada. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's real biblical. Lord, they're wicked. God says, run the other way, Jonah. Actually, when Jonah did that, God swallowed him up from by a whale, spit him out over there. Go ahead, run to Canada. Just stay away from water. That's all I'm saying. Can I give you that advice right now? I want to talk about Jonah again, and then we'll get back to this. See, it's not about, it's not just about Jonah. It was about Nineveh. See, I, I want to talk for, let's look at this. You were, you were created by God and you're saying, well, that, that's obvious. Okay. Um, over and over in the scripture, the Bible uses the comparison of us, the vessels. I've been up here, I've probably preached 20 messages in this church holding glass jars just like this. You are a vessel. You were created by God. Let me give you some scripture to back it up. I'm never going to get up here and give you something where I don't back it up. The Bible says in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God, the personal side of God, formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It's the only creation that God made that was hands-on. God spoke, spoke everything to existence. When it came to you and I and man, God formed him into that vessel of what he wanted him to be. Now, I'm going to break this down into two things. Number one, you, you, you were created by God, but you were created by God for his pleasure. God loves you. You were created for God because he loves you. I have three kids. One stood right here, one stood over here. Both of them are brought into the world. They please me. I love them. I love being with them. I love spending time with them. They bring me pleasure. Uh, they do wrong. They do bad. They mess up. Yes, they make me happy because they're my babies. I have three kids. You too, Jordan. But I mean, all three of them. <laughs> Wherever he's at. I think a lot of people misunderstand this. I, and you say, go, Nineveh needs you. Go. Bring them the word of God. That, that's great, but I, I want you to start off with the fact that God loves you. Get everything that God was doing in Jonah's life because he cared about him. The, the, the Bible says, Psalm 139, verse 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me, 
in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. You can look down at me for being bald, and God says, I am wonderfully made. God digs this. And, and some of you have hair because God looked down at you and said, boy, that's kind of ugly. And God says, throw hair on that. See if that helps. <laughs> Brother Higgins, do you hear me? You know what I'm saying? That's right. And you've got to understand wherever you're at, God created you on purpose in that way. I, I, I thought about doing this from the perspective of um, kitchen things or whatever and bringing out all of us come together to form good things, but not of all of us are the same. And sometimes we'll look over our shoulder and say, man, God could never use that guy. Or, or God could never use her, or she'll never add up to anything, and she's more vocal than I am, or he's very timid and quiet, or they, they, they are, they're not outgoing or whatever. But let me tell you, wherever you're at or whatever God made you, he made you that way on purpose. I'm not talking about your sins. I'm talking about who you were made to be. Not everybody's made to sing in that choir. And if you, if you don't have a voice, it'd be better that you didn't sing in that choir. <laughs> You're like, what is that noise? Not everybody's made to preach. But I tell you, if you are made to preach, you'll never be happy doing anything other than preaching. But I do know that we have all this in common, that God formed us. And over and over again, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You were created by God. And you're created by God for his pleasure. Do you know what God said when he finished Adam and Eve? He stepped back and he said, it is good. For anybody in here that feels like, man, I don't know where I fit in or all this world. And man, I, I, I feel like I am not good enough. Or I don't add up to the girls at school. And I'm not this and I'm not there. Let me tell you, quit putting your eyes on others and put your eyes on your creator. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. He might be different. I'll tell you, I struggle with even being a pastor. I struggle with calling the preach because I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I could speak in front of people. I was terrified. I had all these fears and insecurities and all those things until I got my eyes off myself and onto my creator, understanding that I was created for his pleasure. You weren't just created for his pleasure. You were created for his purpose. I say, back that up. Jonah, Son of Amittai, go to Nineveh. Jonah, son of Amittai, you're a prophet. You know why you're a prophet? Because I created you to be a prophet. You know why you're good at speaking? Because I created you to be good at speaking. You know why you exist and you breathe? Every one of us to exist and breathe for one reason, to bring glory to our God. And yet you live your life and your talents and your abilities for everything in this world. If you sing, you should be singing for God. Man, it's really quiet in here. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) If you've got the ability to be outgoing and you don't use that for God, but you'll use it in sales, shame on you. I'm not downplaying the fact that you use it for sales. I'm downplaying the fact that God created you for him, for his purpose. Your talent, your ability, your resources, your heart, your love, your passion is for the glory of God. Because God looks at Jonah and says, they need you. And I created you to be that vessel to carry that word to them. You know what we do? We run the other way. Because I look at myself and I think I am not good enough. 
you were created by God for his pleasure. You were created by God for his purpose. But you're going to say, Pastor Tony, this is a message you should have preached three, four weeks ago when we started this off because you're in chapter one, verse one. You're right. Let me get there. The Bible says, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This church and our nation will be a totally different place when every creature, every Christian, every believer, however you want to put it, realizes my life, my talents, my abilities, my time, everything I have was created for one purpose, and that's to bring glory to God. Until you get to that place, I'll tell you what, the church is going to struggle. The world's going to struggle. The world will not be reached. Nineveh will not be reached when you're in the bottom of a ship, soaking it up, sitting there waiting for room service to come down there, and there's a storm happening, and Nineveh's going to hell. But he ran. The second part of this is very important. Our, our, our flesh rebels. Even as believers, no matter where you're at. I've known people that after high school, they run off and they avoid church. Let me tell you, you're Jonah running the other way. For people that serve God faithfully in a church and then God brings you here and all of a sudden you fall through the cracks and you're not doing anything with your talents anymore. Or those servants that love God and have abilities and everything and you allow your job or your activities or whatever to suck you away from God. He ran and he got into a mess. He was stuck. He was messed up. He hit bottom. He cried out to God from the belly of hell. And I, 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 I tell you guys all the time, I'm, this is the visual that God gave me. That I, I want you to see. And I, I try to illustrate and try to think of what that looked like for, for Jonah to be in the belly of hell and all the changes and everything that he went. He hit bottom. He, he was running from God and he hit a spot. So let's just visualize it like this. That vessel of God not serving God going, but instead he gets to a spot where he should not have been. You know how many Christians are there and you're thinking, man, that's, that's the ghetto right there. You realize that that might not be the outside. It could be the inside of your life that looks like this. Just that bitterness in your heart or the rebellion against God or your bitterness against church or whatever it is. It's something going on. Jonah was not where he should have been because we serve a righteous, holy God and he's running from God Going to places that he had no right to be. Doing things he had no right to do. And that is true with a lot of people. We mess up our lives. Christians that were created by God, blessed by God, loved by God, created for his purpose. But anyways, we're sitting in some trash somewhere instead of doing God's work. We're we're running off to the bars and we're hanging out with people and we're doing things that we should not be doing. We're filling our minds with things that we should not have. We're doing things that are contrary against God and we're wondering why the nation of America is in a mess. Does God find useful vessels or is he looking around going, what are you doing? Why are you watching that? Why are you going there? Why are you doing that? Jonah... And I tell you, in that spot, you are miserable. It's not a place that any Christian should be. But you guys know the story. It doesn't end there. In Jonah chapter 2, we read how you are restored by God. You are created by God, but then the second part, it comes that you are restored by God. 
And let me just give you the same outline over again. You were restored by God for his purpose. Jonah ran from God. He got himself into a mess. And, and let, let me visual, visualize it like this, okay, if you guys will. Have, have you ever been pulled out before and you just are like, God could not do anything with me? If, God, if you knew what was in my heart, if you knew what I viewed, if you had any idea of where I've been, Maybe you've ran from God and you've gotten rebellious and you've got scars in your life and you've got an abortion associated with your name. You've got an arrest record associated with your name. You've got premarital sex associated with your name now. You've done and been where you should not have been. And you're sitting there going, I knew better. How did I get to this spot when I knew better? But there's something that happens. You see, when I read chapter 2, and we went through this, and he said in verse 2, And I said unto the Lord, I cried by reason of my affliction. Unto the Lord he heard me, out of the belly of hell I cried. And thou heardest my voice. Let me visualize it like this. God was saying, hey Jonah, come here buddy. I know. I hated that you had to get to this point. It's amazing how God didn't just say, tell the fish, eat him and take him away. Have you ever noticed that God does not do that with us? God doesn't just say, I'm done with you. I am sick of you. I'm sick of your attitude. I'm sick of giving you other chances. Jonah, get out of here. But he cried unto God. Listen, he he restored his relationship. And he said, we went through this. You're right. Then I said, verse four, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward that holy temple. Verse 7, when I was, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer, my prayer came unto thee. Do, do you see what God does? God says, all right, Jonah, thank you, thank you for your life, and this is what I created you to do. You made a mess of it. But let me tell you, God is the only one that can restore you back. A lot of people have this idea that when God takes you and you mess up your life and you're scarred or you're tainted with sin and bad choices and bad things that have come into your life, that God sits there and keeps you in the trash. Our God is the only God that can pull you out and clean you up. The only God. Wherever you're at, you've got to understand that God is not done with you. In that belly, the whole time, he's crying out to God. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful. And he is just to forgive us of our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And I tell you, your family might hold on to your past and they might be sitting there going, oh, here comes the druggie or here comes this. And oh, I bet you you're sleeping around again. And oh, we know what you did. And you, you're known as a thief and you're known as this. And you let me down and all this stuff. And God's over there going, yeah, I know about that. Let me show you what I do with my righteousness. Let me show you what I can do to somebody. Because the thing is, his purpose has not changed You guys realize you might feel like, I'm not good enough, and God could never. God says, you realize the whole idea in Galatians 6, 1, when he talks about restoring such a brother, which means to bring back to full capacity of what it was? You know how in our world we have things that are considered seconds? You know what I'm saying? You go to a discount store, and oh, why is this so cheap? It's seconds. It's flawed. It's messed up. It doesn't have its full value anymore. 
You can go to a junkyard and get parts and they're cheaper because they're being used and abused. You, you, you can go to anything in this world like that where there's a discount on it or it's been downgraded. Our God does not downgrade us. You're not seconds to God. He doesn't throw you out. He never throws the clay away. Because God got him to that point. In verse chapter 2, verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with my voice of thanksgiving. You know what he's saying? And I will pay that I have vowed salvation of the Lord. You know what he did as God was working on him? He said, God, I belong to you. I should have never ran. I should have never been there. Lord, I should have never doubted you. I should have never turned my back on you. God, I'm sorry. And the whole time God says, that's right, Jonah. Let me get some of those inward parts. And the Lord God spake unto the fish and had vomited out Jonah upon the land. And then here we are. Restored by God. It's an awesome thing that God does that. But I think that's where we stop with a lot of Christians. The Lord, I'm glad our relationship is back with you. And God says, that's right. And now I can touch you. I can use you because you've gotten the sin off. And God's righteousness, confessing of our sins, being purified by God, that's what does it. You don't do that. You guys realize if I was to do that again, you don't do that. All you do is smear the, 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 the junk around. You don't remove it. Only the righteousness of God and the forgiveness of God cleans you up. Only God. That's why you can sit there and, and do your little good deeds and run your way and all this other stuff. And it's not about church and everybody says, get back in church. It's about getting back with God and God uses the church. But it doesn't stop there. Because the restoration that God does is if at the beginning of this, if God creates you to serve God and carry out the mission, message of God and God cleans you up and gives you a second chance, then it's a second chance for his glory and his purpose. You were restored by God for his pleasure. You were restored by God for his purpose. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. And the Lord and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Aren't you glad that God's a God of second chances? Jonah was spit out on the, on the shore and God was standing there with him and saying, all right, buddy, you ready? You ready to do this? I'm like, God, I, I know, I cleaned you up. I, I'm, I, I took care of that. Don't, I don't care what all the world says about you. You're my vessel. You were created for me. You get your identity from me. You got your purpose from me. I don't want to fill you and use you. And so in this passage right here, what we realize is in verse 2, arise, Go to Nineveh, got that great city, and preach. Preach is what I created you to do. And every one of us is different. But I tell you, every one of us have the calling on God to do the same thing. Rescue the perishing and care for the dying. Because as God screams out in our world around us that the time is short, the time is near, we ought to be getting out of the seat into the streets. And if we are not, then this is you being sat on a shelf with all that potential created by God, pleasure with God, and you do nothing with it. Do you know what the story of this was all about? Was the fact that God took him and brought him to Nineveh. He was restored 
to do the mission that God created him to do. And so often I see a lot of restored lives. I see a lot of those that are on the first table that you're sitting there going, woohoo, saved by God, that's great. Some that have ran away, the prodigal son, David and Bathsheba, Peter denying Christ. Could go on and on and on throughout the scripture of different people that have fallen, that serve God, they fell, God picks them up, God cleans them out, God puts them back into service. But you were created by God to make a difference. I said I was going to go back to this, and we got on this in the Sunday school class this morning. We've got to correct our way of thinking. Jonah rose up, verse 3, and Jonah rose up and went unto America. And America was denying God, and America was arguing whether they were boys or girls or what bathrooms they should go to. America was, was lifting up false gods and false religions. America was boycotting Jesus. America was having men with men and women with women. America was rejecting the moral fibers of what we have for marriage. America was pushing more about being shacked up than they are being holy matrimony. America, America. And our attitude is, I'm done with this, I'm so, so sick of this, and how dare all this. And God says, I created you for, t- for such a time as this. We are no different than Jonah. To sit there at this lost world and run the other way because I don't want to get involved in all that. We're about the launch vacation Bible school. We've got the sign-up tables in the back and the banners on the building and more banners going up and more flyers going out. You know why? Because I say we run to the darkness and we rescue the perishing. You say, why? Because God looked down at you and said, that's why you were created. You will never find satisfaction and fulfillment doing anything else. Anything else. 